Sara Vieira, and this is the Code Sandbox Podcast. Hiring new employees is a challenging process for any tech company, no matter the size. With Code Sandbox, you can run remote technical interviews and set coding challenges. These methods will let you dive deeper with candidates and see how they assess problems, approach solutions, and work with code. For our season finale, we were talking to one of our dearest team members, Sid. You'll be talking about working at big companies versus small startups, the art of conducting interviews, and also how to make a good start at a company. Here we go. Hello, Sid. How are you today? Hey, Sarah. I'm all right. How are you? You had a very deep voice there. <laughs> I appreciate that. This is my podcast voice. I, I appreciate that. It's very soothing. It's very, it's very, very soothing. Okay, so I know you, obviously, but some people may not. So please tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. Who are you? Sam said, I mostly do front-end stuff. I'm a JavaScript nerd. And I'm a wannabe designer. That kind of sums up my professional life. Right now, I build front-end stuff at Code Sandbox. And I've done it at a few different startups before this. Yeah, how did you get your first job? So we used to have this thing in college where you could do an internship, but the internship would be decided by the college. And because I was a physics student, not wanting to go into something physics, they just sent me to a tiny startup somewhere in Bangalore, India. The funny thing about that startup was it closed, it like shut down in the middle of my internship. What? So then I had to move to, yeah. So so then the, the founder basically moved me to a different company, different startup where I was interning for a while before I basically referred myself for a full-time job there. So everything happened by chance. So what are some things that you think helped you progress in your career? I wasn't very picky, right? So I basically, I was studying physics, right? So I never thought I'd get a programming job in the first place. But when I got that job, I was happy to do whatever. So I decided this would be my thing where I would just learn CSS because of course I didn't know crap. I would just learn enough CSS to be better than everyone else. And luckily enough, like nobody cares about CSS. I was the kid who cared a lot about CSS. So that became my thing. And I just kind of like followed that protocol every every step of the way. So I would do a bunch of CSS. I was a CSS person. And then I decided like Angular was a thing then. So I, I decided, okay, I'm going to do Angular. So then I became the Angular person. And it, throughout my career, I think there has been this thing where I pick something and I go really, really deep in it. And then you start to get known for that, right? So there has been performance, open source, Right now, there's animations that I'm really digging into. You pick a topic, go deep, then move on to another one. So like right now, you work at a smaller startup, but you've worked at a couple of big companies in India. In your case, what do you think are some of the main differences between working in these two environments? Like what should people consider when they're applying? Like what do you think people should know about working in these two different environments? So I think at a startup, you, you get away with a lot of things. Right. And I mean that in a good way. If you want some more responsibility, if you want to do things in a specific way, you can do that in a startup and really learn from it. So you get a lot more responsibility. On the other hand, there's a lot less structure. So the responsibility of doing it well and doing it in a sustainable way is really on to you. 
and you can really tie yourself out really fast. At a bigger company, you have structure, you have, you probably have like a manager who needs to take care of you, but then you don't get the same level of autonomy and responsibility. Your responsibility is really scoped, but you have a better setup to do that work. So I think it really depends. I would say I really benefited from the chaos and the freedom early in my career. But then after that, when I've had experiences at bigger companies, I've also really enjoyed those. You have done a bunch of interviews, at least at Code Sandbox, you've done probably before as well, but you've also been the person that's being interviewed a lot of times. What makes a good interview experience? I think if you're on the interviewing side, you're the person conducting the interview, you have all of the cards, right? Like the power dynamic is biased in your favor. And it's kind of your job to make it a really nice experience for the other person. Our experience of defining the interview process at Code Sandbox and designing the exercise and stuff. And it really comes down to, I think, if you know exactly what you're looking for, it makes everything else a lot easier. So for example, in our case, we were looking for somebody who would work on a front end and knowing our front end, we didn't really have to ask them any whiteboard questions or any vague programming challenges. We could just talk about the work they've done and talk about the work we want them to do. So it kind of makes the whole experience clean. And if it's a match, then it's a match. We move forward. If it's not, then it's, it's a mutual understanding that there's no point in moving forward. So I think it really depends on like, the kind of company, because it's easy for me to say that, you know, nobody should have whiteboard interviews and don't ask data structures, but like a big pool of companies still do. Right. And I don't know, there's nothing we can do to change that unless we work there. When I have been interviewing, what I've really found easy is to just be honest. If I have a question that I have no idea about, I just say, sorry, that's not something I work with. And uh, they'll quickly move on from that, making the whole experience a lot more easier on the both of us. So if, if I'm getting rejected, I try to get rejected as fast as possible. How do you prepare for conducting interviews? So if it's the first round with a the person, then I try to read up everything that they've submitted, try to look at their projects, just basically go through their entire portfolio. I think what you want to do is really talk about what they have done in the past and what they can do for you instead of asking them questions about programming and stuff. But then as you move on to the next steps, I try to narrow it down to, this is what we're looking for. Let's either pair program or here's a test for you. And then again, zoom out and talk about what are they looking for? So what kind of projects would make them happy? What kind of work environment do they enjoy? And can we provide that to them, right? Because hiring is like, even though there's a power dynamic, hiring needs to be a two-way thing. If somebody needs an environment that we can't provide, you're already setting them up for failures, right? So it's nice to be honest about how the company works, how we structure projects, and if that vibes well with them as well. I'm always honest in job interviews to a fault, but I'm a little scared of telling other people because there's so much bias and discrimination that happens in our industry that you don't really know the person on the other side and how it might be used against you. Maybe I'm being a little cynical, but yeah, it's like the experience of like getting into the company and after that are such different experiences that like if you're if you're honest from the start, it's better after you join as well, right? Like if you start bad, then it, it's kind of sour from the start. What advice would you give someone who's currently going through interviews? 
I think that if I have to like give like a one quick one life hack that will change everything is referrals count for everything. Like if you can get a warm introduction into the company, that makes everything a lot easier. Because like applying through the portals, you don't really know what they're looking for. You don't know who is the person on the other side who's reading your resume. So you're just kind of going in blind. But if you can get an introduction into the company, that's perfect. What can a new hire, this little human being, do to make their transition smoother into the company? I think the first thing is to celebrate because they wanted you here, right? They've hired you because they want you here. And that also means you can leave all your imposter syndrome behind. I think like interviewing creates a lot of imposter syndrome, like when you're interviewing for multiple jobs. But once you're in, you still carry that chip on your shoulder and you have to like get rid of it. At least that's my experience. And become comfortable and ask a lot of questions. Because your team around you wants you to succeed, right? That's why they hired you. And they all want to help you out. So pretending to know something isn't as helpful. Like you bring a lot of knowledge with you. That's amazing. But also feel very open to ask a lot of questions and be open to challenge things, be open to question things. And that's what I've noticed, like going through pull requests and going through code bases and just asking people why things are a certain way has been the fastest way of learning, but also been the fastest way of making friends inside the company because it's it's based on work and you, that's how you get to know people very quickly. So that's one thing. The other thing that I don't do because I don't know, I'm a shy boy, but other people who have joined our company have done is schedule a meeting with everyone. Just 15 minutes, just introduce yourself. And I absolutely love that. I'm going to steal that for whenever my next job is. But I think it's a brilliant thing that you just go around meeting people, introducing yourself. You're the new person, so you have to do some of the extra work. But now you have a relationship with everyone and they're they're keen to help you the next time. Okay, so last question. Where can our listeners find you online if they want to follow more in your footsteps and your thought leader examples? Oh, geez. I'd say don't, but... (laughs) If you want to take some examples, I blog about it on my website, which is sid.st. And I am embarrassingly active on Twitter. It's my full name. You can't spell it. Link is in the description, I imagine. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for coming. Have a great day, Sid. Yeah, you too. Have Have a nice rest of the day. Thank you so much for listening to the show this week. If you want to find out more information, visit us at codesandbox.io slash CSP podcast. And if you like this episode, please share it on social media as well. Use the hashtag CSP podcast, or you can send us a tweet at at codesandbox. Our executive producer is Maurice Cherry with additional production help from Sierra Ford. Engineering and editing are courtesy of Resonate Recordings. Special thanks to Sid, as well as the entire team at Code Sandbox. Code Sandbox.